You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. 2017 is officially here, and that's good news for Astros fans who could be in for a fun season with the hometown team. Let's talk to Brian McTaggart about that. I'm Allison Sutter Tags. Um, it looks like the Astros, as we've discussed, have put together a pretty nice roster. Um, a little bit of news coming out as this new year starts, and that's that George Springer is not playing in the World Baseball Classic. It had been rumored that he was, I guess, down for maybe Puerto Rico, but he's made it official that he's not playing. Is that... Um, is that a significant move on his part? Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't know the exact reason. I haven't talked to George yet, but I know. I mean, I know he could have played for Puerto Rico. You know, I think it was probably more likely he played for the U.S. He was on their, I guess you would call it a, a provisional roster. But you know, whether he wasn't guaranteed playing time or or you know wanted to stay committed to the to the Astros, who knows? But you know, he's going to be in spring camp the whole time with the Astros. I mean, you know, for the Astros, I think it's a good thing, and their fans who are going to come down there because they're going to lose. Quite a few guys to the World Baseball Classic, uh, you know, their star players, Altuve, Beltran, Correa, um, Nori Aoki is playing for Japan. Luke Gregerson is actually pitching for the U.S. So, um, you know, the you know I know the Astros are all for players playing in the World Baseball Classic, you know, uh, you know position players, that is, uh, and not starting pitchers. But having having one of your core players in, in spring camp the whole time, I, I think, is a good thing for the Astros. And, you know, George will, will probably get another shot or two as, as his career keeps going here. He's still you know, only 27 years old. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because, um, you know, for, on the reporting side, I mean, you and I have covered many, many Astros spring trainings together. And uh, it's a little bit mundane after a while. I always yeah. thought that, like, from a position player standpoint, I'd be like, yeah, um, I'll play in the World Baseball Classic. First of all, you travel to some really cool places, um, and it's just it mixes things up a little bit. I'm always a little I, – I totally understand the starting pitching uh, rationale that, you know, most starting pitchers really just don't want to take the risks that come along with pitching that competitively that early. But I would think for a position player, I don't know. I'd be, like, all over it if it was up to me. Yeah, me too. And I mean, I, I guess that that leads me to believe there's something else going on that maybe you know he didn't get the wasn't guaranteed the, the playing time he wanted or or things like that. You know, I haven't looked real close at the U.S. roster, but I can imagine their outfield is already pretty stacked. Um, yeah. And so you know, he's probably wondering how I fit in. Am I am I even going to play a lot, or you know, just just stay here with Astros and in the West Palm Beach and uh, you know try to focus on that? But. Um, yeah, it's always interesting for those those spring trainings when those guys leave for so long and then you know come back. I remember a few years ago, Jose Jose Veras came back with this big gold medal around his neck and uh, all this stuff. He was so thrilled and excited that you know he he got to be a part of that. Now he he's an older player, but it was really uh, it was one of the highlights of his career at you know 36, 37 years old. He got to represent his country, so it's it's really a, a cool deal for those guys. But I can understand. You know the ones that want to, you know, just stay with the team and, and focus on the on their team that's paying them. Yeah, I guess so. Well, uh, moving on to uh, on the broadcasting side, so the Astros have announced their uh, their broadcasting team, their television broadcasting team for 2017, which is um, a little bit different. So it's going to be very weird for a lot of us that have uh, only known Bill Brown as a television voice of the Astros. Uh, Brownie retired, and now and now the team has hired Todd Callis to take his place. So. Um, I, I like the hire. Um, I really, I haven't heard a lot of, of Todd, but 
uh, very respected in the industry. Of course, his dad is the famous Harry Callis. Um, so this seems to be kind of a coup for the Astros to be able to get him. Yeah, I think so. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know much, you know, about his work. I mean, I know who he is, and you know, he's he's got that distinctive voice. But yeah, it's like signing a like a nice free agent in the middle of his career. I mean, and you know, he's I think he's in his fifties, which for broadcasting is still pretty young. But I like the fact he's got Houston ties that you know he's familiar with Astros um, just from you know he was born in Houston, and I'm sure he followed the Astros to some extent throughout his life. You know, I you know we're all going to miss Brownie, and you know he's one of those guys you wish can go on forever. But I'm I'm also like the fact that that Blum's going to be around now for for all the games pretty much, and and you're going to you're going to have two guys you come to the ballpark every day, and or fans turn on on the TV or the radio, they know you know who's going to be you know announcing the game. You're going to have the two same guys on TV every day pretty much with Todd and and Blum, and you know I think that that's a good thing. Um, and uh, I know Blum's going to be moving to Houston, and Tyler will be moving to Houston as well. And uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to you know plugging in my computer during games and seeing what they have to offer because you know Blummer's got a great sense of humor, and I, you know I think Todd's going to be able to, to play along with it and still bring the professionalism of a of a really good play-by-play man on TV. And I, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun for Astros fans. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that I was kind of noticing. First of all, Blum has a tremendous sense of humor, and he's um, he's very entertaining and witty. And I remember his first season was one of the Astros' worst seasons when he was first <laughs> starting the TV gig, and he really um, did a good job in like kind of keeping things uh, light and and a lot of anecdotal, um, you know, just stories and things that he would bring. But I was doing a little research on Pat Callis and. Some of the fans um, that were sort of talking about him, of course, he was in the in the Tampa Bay uh, organization. So Todd has it seems that, that he has a pretty funny sense of humor. So they had one picture where he had like gone out to the pool at, at the Diamondbacks ballpark and taken a dive into the pool just in the middle of the game. Of course, he was like kind of more of like a sideline reporter, so he could do that. He wasn't like leaving his play-by-play duties or anything. Um, but you'll see him like kind of doing goofy stuff. And so that's what I'm really mostly looking forward to is seeing these two together. It should be highly entertaining. Yeah, it should be, and I know you mentioned Blum his first year. You know when the Astros were, you know, really struggling, and you know you, Blum kind of had to be the kind of had to be the the, the light man a, a little bit just to shed kind of light on what was going on. I mean, those let's be honest, those games were tough to watch. So it's <laughs> going to be hopefully a you know for Astros fans a, a good brand of baseball this year. And uh, yeah, with those two guys calling it, 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 it should be really nice. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some chemistry. They're going to have to to uh, you know work work it through as the season goes on, but. Um, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I mean, you know, having Blom work all the games, I think, is just uh, really important as, as well. Yeah, very good idea. Okay, so let's move on to the really only thing that matters right this very minute, or really this month, and that is besides the fact that Diana Ross is is uh, apparently <laughs> performing at the Astros Charity Gala on January 20th. Um, there's another big thing that's coming up. That's a Hall of Fame announcement, and it's a little bit later this year. It's January 18th. It, it normally is actually like the week after New Year's, but um, it's January 18th. And unless there is a major, major upset, unless there is just this huge contingent of voters that are anonymously not voting for him, um, it looks like Bagwell is going to be a lock. He's pulling at like 93% right now. So even with a drop-off, he should get in. Um, so this, I don't know, this is um, this is very exciting, right? Let's start with the basics, is that this will be the second Astros Hall of Famer in three years, um, and fans have been waiting a long time for this. So how big is this for Houston? Well, I think it's huge. And, you know, back, this is his seventh year on the ballot, and, you know, you're only on the ballot ten years. So, um, you know, if he, if he had to wait another one or two years, we'd be really pushing up against it and, and worrying if he's going to get in. But you're right, the polling numbers 
are really good. Um, in fact, uh, I might have talked about this before, 16 of the 17 uh, previous guys to get at least 70% have gone in the next year. And, of course, Bagwell got, I think, 71 and a half or so percent of the vote last year. So it looks good. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't make it. And, you know, maybe a couple of other guys as well. But, you know, Bagwell and Biggio, you know, they're, you know, synonymous, you know, 15 years together as teammates. Uh, a lot of it on the right side of that infield. They have statues outside Minute Maid. Their, their banners hang next to each other and from the ballpark. And now they're going to go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, they'll be in the Hall of Fame together. And um, it's, it's just a really cool deal for Jeff because uh, just a tremendous all-around player. I mean, he, you know, had he not had that sh- shoulder problem and been able to play another four or five years, he would have been in the Hall of Fame probably five years ago. I mean, let's be honest, his numbers stack up with, with Frank Thomas and, um, you know, probably better than a lot of other guys who are already in just because, he, you know, it doesn't hit these magical milestones, you know, the 500 homers. But just, uh, you know, one of the, the best all-around players that you'll ever see from hitting not only home runs, just, just being a, a pure hitter to all fields, um, the, the base running, the defensive ability, smart player, always a step ahead of everybody. Um, just for a decade plus, one of the best players in the game and probably one of the top seven, eight first basemen of all time. And, you know, I'll be really happy for him. I know, I know, I, you know, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. And in fact, this, as, as, as people listen to this, the story is probably on Astros.com right now, just getting Bagwell's thoughts on the hall of fame. And I've talked to him pretty much every year, the last few years. And this year he seemed uh, more excited about it than I've ever heard him because I think he knows that it's going to happen. And even though he, he knows he's not a lock and, but I think as he gets older, um, it means a little bit more to him. I think going up there watching Jeff get inducted really helped him realize the magnitude of this whole thing. And it looks like he's going to get a chance to get on that stage and give a speech as well in July. Yeah, I, I, I got here in 97, and I uh, so I got to watch him on a regular basis for about eight years and Biggio for about ten years. And um, while I always admired Biggio, and obviously um, he did some amazing things on the field, and he's one of the best Astros ever, I was, like, flabbergasted by some of the things that Bagwell did. I, I have always said that Jeff Bagwell, to me, is the greatest Astro. Um, of course, we can't compare him to a pitcher like Nolan Ryan, so let's just say he's, like, the greatest Astros position player. Um, yeah. I don't know that you could even, like, quantify, like, besides the offensive numbers, which is the only thing that anybody cares about with the Hall of Fame, just how instinctive he was defensively and on the base paths. It was, uh, it was just really it's, – it's almost hard to describe, like, what he was able to anticipate before it even happened. Yeah, I mean, he always knew what base to throw to. I mean, the balls hit to him, and, you know, if he had to tag the runner and – throw to second you know he did that if he needed to step on first I mean he just he was a step ahead he knew exactly what to do and he he did it very well and and one of the things he did really well is charge bunts you know if someone bunted down the third baseline even though he's a first baseman he would go there cut in front of the pitcher and just take charge and and make the play and he was so good at that he just he really uh really made it tough on on teams to do anything I guess and the base running first to third uh he he definitely wasn't the fastest guy but here he is you know stealing 30 plus bases going second to home it's all instincts he knows where the balls hit where the outfielders are and you're right you can't measure that kind of stuff I mean I know that the analytics are getting more and more and more in advance maybe if you played in this day and age, you'd be a little bit more appreciated, and maybe there'd be some kind of metric where you could measure some of this stuff. But just, uh, just a, just a great baseball player. Not only could do everything physically, but uh, you know, mentally, he knew exactly how to play the game, and he played it hard, and always played it the right way. And, uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, what, what Houston fans will remember about Bagwell and Biggio is they, they both always played the game hard and played it the right way, and until the, until the final out was recorded.
I remember a game in St. Louis. Um, it's toward the end of his career, and uh, there was one out, and he was on first, and there was a moderately hit fly ball, and he takes off. Like, he just takes off, and he's at third base. I'm like, and he, of course, gets doubled up, like, uh, with no problem at all. And after the game, I, I had to ask him about it. I said, I don't even know where to start. I've never, I've never seen this happen with you. I mean, <laughs> he never made a mental mistake, and he just kind of laughed. He's like, I really have absolutely no idea. I mean, there's, he never forgot how many outs there were in an inning. Like, uh, and the other thing is um, he stole home three times which is, you know, it's like three times more than most guys do in their careers. I mean, just to have those, um, to be able to, like, look and see where everyone's positioned and to be able to, like, understand, like, the pitcher's motion and how long he takes it just – and some of them really weren't even that close in terms of, you know, stealing home. I mean, those kinds of things, it's like you can't – you can't learn that, right? It's just you're sort of born to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, not not to throw Jonathan Villar under the bus of the Brewers. You know, he <laughs> played for the Astros for a couple of years. Has every tool in the world. Speed, right. has some power. He's a switch hitter. Uh, so athletic and gifted. And I mean, we, we saw that on a lot of plays where you just, wow, he had the straight steal of home in Baltimore a few years ago. But the instincts aren't there. I mean, if he had Bagwell's instincts, Villar would be on a Hall of Fame arc right now. You, you can't teach them. Some guys have it. Some don't, and, and Jeff had it. And also, you can't mention, and you know, just the, and, and I guess this really doesn't enter in the Hall of Fame voting, but just the presence he had in that clubhouse was, yeah. you know, he was the guy. If there was a problem, Bagwell would go into the manager's office or he would pull a player aside. Um, you know, he, you know, I talked to Brad Lidge at the winter meetings just about, just about Bagwell and what kind of impact on him. And he said Bagwell pulled him aside a few times, even though he was a position player and Lidge was a pitcher and, and just give him a pep talk and, and say, you know, don't worry about it. Keep your chin up. And, um, you know, not, not a lot of big time star players are going to do that with a young relief pitcher. And he was just, uh, he, his impact in a lot of ways just can't be measured. Yeah. He's um, probably one of the more humble ball players that I've ever known. He uh, fit in very well because he was never um, thought he was above anyone or anything and uh, just a great guy. So that will be a lot of fun for all of us, assuming that things go well on January 18th. So, Um, Okay, Tag, thanks so much. We'll be talking more about that. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Happy New Year. Talk later. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.